0: All right, on this episode of the Chilling with Dylan podcast, we have Lee Swift, a.k.a. River, from season two of The Circle on Netflix. Enjoy. So, on this episode of the Chilling with Dylan podcast, we have Lee Swift, a.k.a. River, from season two of The Circle. He ended up in fourth place, but he was a finalist. Lee, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being here. Um, so I just want to start off Um In the beginning of the circle, uh, the casting process. How was that like for you? Did you try out for season one because I know you were a big fan. If You could just talk about that whole process for a little bit
1: Sure, I um, I did not try out for season one. In fact, I discovered season one when during lockdown my niece and nephew who i get to see when lockdown isn't occurring and their families and little kids um we were kind of missing each other and they discovered the show on netflix they called me up and said hey uncle lee there's this show we we need to watch it so we'd watch an episode and then we'd zoom and talk about it and i fell in love with season one and then came june um i saw somewhere i stumbled on to hey they're casting for a new season And as a lark, I went ahead and I thought, I'm just going to fill this out. So I filled it out, which it's a lot of questions. They really are diving into who you are. And by the time I got to the end and submitted it, then they came with the thing, hey, we need a video. And I was like, I'm done. It's too much. I'm tired. You know, you've already wore me out. And uh, so I kind of didn't think about it, but I started getting these emails and I thought they were automated re- email saying hey please upload your video we really are interested well I just ignored them because I really didn't believe them and then in July I got an email that was a little more had to have come from a person basically a little more nudging and a little more um, non-robotic so I thought "Ah, oh, what the heck and so I grabbed my phone five minutes later had the videos all ready sent them up and the next day I got a call so that's how it worked for me.
0: Um, and then to talk a little bit about quarantine, um, was there any hesitations to do this? Cause you said it wasn't the height of quarantine or once you, once you realized they wanted you, you were a hundred percent in on, on the season.
1: I was a little hesitant, you know, nobody's ever asked me that I was hesitant. Cause you know, there were lots of things going on, but through the casting process, I asked a lot of questions and I felt they were going to follow some pretty rigid protocols about safety.
0: And um, I kind of got turned around on that. (coughs) Excuse me. No problem. Um, And then I want to ask, since you are a successful author, um, and most of the other competition were influencer types, do you think being an author helped you in the circle or was that part of your plan? you could just talk about how those two correlate together. Sure. I, um, I,
1: came in with the idea of being a catfish because I've used pen names for a long time. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to create a character and embody that character kind of like an actor, I guess I, you know, I've written lots of things. I've never really done a little bit of acting, but not a lot, but I thought, wow, this will be amazing to do that. I think it did help me, Dylan. I think I, I think I had some advantages because they are all, in, well, I say all of them, but many of them are influencers and very social media savvy. Uh, playing the 24-year-old, I, I did have some backstory that didn't get on the, the edits, but he came from a very religious, suppressed background. I was trying to make sure that they, even though he's 24, the other players thought, well, he probably wasn't exposed to a lot of pop culture or social media. And uh, so that was my plan. I don't know how much of that filtered into their heads, but uh, yeah, I felt like I I
0: had a good, good strategy. Got me to the finale. So yeah, you did pretty good. Um, I do want to ask, I believe it was the first episode where you had a confessional talking about how you were like looking at acronyms and YOLO and how much of that was, how much studying did you actually do into the language of like younger people and how much of it was just for the camera?
1: Um, That was all true that I said. My niece is 20. I I really, on social media, I don't, I'm not really, I wasn't versed in it. I'm more versed than I was. I still have a lot to learn. I was a little fearful of it, honestly, and felt very awkward. I, I had social media presence, but it was always, hey, buy my book. You know, that was about all I did. I really didn't dive into it. I didn't look at other people's stories or anything like that. So I really didn't know a lot about it. I got with, when I knew I was going in or had an inkling, um, I asked my niece. I spent some time with my twenty-year-old niece, and she wrote down all these things, pages and pages of stuff. The problem that we had was she thought I would know things like FOMO and YOLO, and I didn't know those either. She thought everybody knows those, yeah. and so she was giving me the more deeper ones. And so uh, that was uh, that's what I did. But yeah, I studied a lot, trying to be prepared. Uh
0: uh-huh. um, So you ended up picking. One of your friends, I don't believe his name was River. It was something else, right? Yeah, his name's uh, Doak, Doak Rap. Um, Was he was your first choice or how did you go about the process of picking him to be your alter ego in the circle? Man, you're asking good questions. I,
1: I actually had three different people, uh, actually four now that I think about it, but I, li- I got it down to three and I had photos of all three. One was my niece, one was another person I knew, and Doke. But when I, was, when I was making the decisions, I had all their pictures out in front of me and I kept going to dope, going to dope, going to dope. And so that's what I put for the producers. I thought, this is the guy, he's interesting looking. He, he kind of, I can build a character around this photo and that's, that's why I chose him.
0: Sounds good. Um, and then when you got, every, I think everybody knows that the circle's filmed in England. Um, so if you could just talk about like your first couple days Um, I'm sure you had to do quarantine in England and then finally going into your room. What was that like surreal experience like for you?
1: Yeah. um, First of all, getting on the plane, you know, I hadn't been out of my house in months and months. So getting on the plane going and, you know, there was only on this big plane, only about 30 people. So I, I, there was no one sitting around me. So I felt pretty safe. Everybody had to wear masks. So uh, that was surreal. Then when I I landed, they drove, I landed in London and it's actually in Manchester, which is I think about three and a half hours. Um, They had a car that they had rented, a big, big car. And uh, that guy I was kind of like, I was way in the back with my mask and he was in the front with his mask. And then I went straight into my quarantine apartment and I was there for, I think it was two weeks. I, I, you know, people have asked me the time. I, I lost track of time very quickly because it was so out of my normal schedule. And even filming, I don't know how long that was. I know I was there a while, you know, but I lost track. They don't have any clocks on the walls or anything like that. But uh, when they called me to go in after I had been quarantined and they said, you're going in, and and I went, um, it was very surreal. That's the right, you said the right word. It was very, I was like, here we go. And the thing that happened to me, I, I walked in and I saw all these cameras and you know, I, I was familiar with the show. And so I was a little um, starstruck, I guess, but pretty quickly, because you get into it, I forgot about the cameras and I just started in on the game and meeting these people and mm-hmm. um, you, you get lost in it. It's pretty mm-hmm. great.
0: Um, so to go off of that, it seems sometimes if you're not talking, we see you guys are cooking or trying to keep yourselves occupied was there ever times where you were just like bored out of your mind just sitting in the room? If you weren't socializing, you just talk about like what you guys did to occupy yourself when you weren't chatting with other contestants.
1: Yeah. Um, I never really was bored. I mean, it felt like, uh, I'll be honest, you wake up, you get ready. And, and, you know, sometimes an alert, I was shaving with my shirt off and an alert happened, you know, I'm like, Oh great, here we go. And then kind of, Uh, Between the times of chats and alerts, I would do kind of, I drew, I read, I did all kinds of things. But honestly, to me, I know there was some downtime, but it felt like we were going all the time. And when it was quiet, there wasn't an alert or I wasn't on a chat. I was thinking about the game. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, it went by, every day went by very quickly, but it felt like it was jam-packed to me.
0: Yeah. Um, So your season had a lot more... I don't know what the right word is, arguments or drama than season one. Season one was more like Kumbaya family and season two, we started right off with Savannah versus Terralisha. Yeah. Um, if, if I can just get your take on that. And then if you could relate your experience in the circle and what you remember and then watching it and seeing actually like what happened between those two.
1: Um, when I was in it, you know, and spoilers for anybody listening, I, you know, I thought I was going home that first uh, blocking. And Teralicia, you know, I went to her and said, hey, save me, save me, basically. And she, she did. She stuck out her neck for me and, and, and supported me on that. So I was team Teralicia then. Um, as the drama unfolded, even inside, I kind of saw had. Ha- you know, she had a little bit to do with how the breakdown happened. Um, and, uh, I think Savannah, I think they're both very strong willed women and powerful. I think they could have gone a long way, but they, they clashed into each other and basically knocked each other out.
0: You know, that's what I think happened. Um, and then I want to relate this into Courtney because you and Courtney had one of the strongest alliances, but Courtney was obviously team Savannah and you were obviously team Tara So how did you guys... I don't want to say mend fences because you guys never really had any issues with each other, but when did you and Courtney start getting very close? Was it after they both left? Was it during that? And you guys just kind of each had a side, but didn't disagree with each other. Like, can you just talk about you and Courtney's dynamic? Um, Yeah. And they didn't, they did not show
1: this chat. You know, there's a lot of chats they don't show. And most of the chats they don't show, I don't think really matter because it's kind of, It doesn't really help you understand how the game's going. They really show the most important chats. But this chat that I'm going to tell you about was a chat with me, Chloe and Courtney. And it happened right after uh, Bryant went home and we had all been on the bottom. And I, I asked Chloe and Courtney to, to this chat. And I said, we're on the bottom. And that's when the Kardashians were formed. And that was when, I knew these two people, Chloe and Courtney were my ride or die forever. And then Courtney and I had some chats just on our own where it just got deeper as uh, some personal things that we talked about. And uh, yeah, I, he, uh, I was team Terralisha. He was team Savannah, but as far as Alliance, the Alliance for me was uh, definitely the Kardashians.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to talk about the blocking system because This season was a little different where no catfishes really went home until the end when they had to go home. So I wanted to ask, because it seems every season that there's somebody, they want the catfishes to go home, but there's no really reward punishment if a catfish goes home. You just find them. If they trust you, it's good to keep them. Um, So why do you think catfishes are always like the target, even though it doesn't really matter if they go home? Um, And then if you could just talk about how it was playing as a catfish, like, did you have different level of like scared getting caught rather than everybody else playing as themselves.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll start with the last question. First, playing as a catfish is very fun because you're on the edge all the time because you know that some people are wanting to get out catfish. So it makes you kind of this heightened sense of, you know, uh, to me, it seems like it's more fun than being yourself because being yourself You know, you you don't have to second guess every single little thing you're saying. And am I going to expose myself Um, on the part about whether catfish in our season, catfish didn't become important to me until we had three in a row of people that were not catfish. And I think the reason catfish, it's an easy way to target somebody you know, it's like, you've got to come up with targets right away. And the first target that's just a natural target is some, somebody in here is lying about who they are. And if they're lying about who they are, they may be lying about everything. Um, so I think it makes it an easy target. And I think that's why people go after them. When I started being the catfish, catfish hunter was because I was scared to death people would get even more crazy about catfish because we let go Brian, Savannah, then Terralisha. And I thought we've got to get some catfish out of here or they're gonna start, everybody's gonna start guessing, you know, and really yeah. putting people under the microscope, which it was, I was terrified of.
0: I wanna ask you about your catfish radar because you said that at the end of the dinner that you didn't really have a good catfish radar. So um, if you go back when you were filming, who were you? One person you were 100% was a catfish and then if you could say one person you were a hundred percent thought was not a catfish.
1: That that was a catfish. Yeah.
0: Well, um,
1: I would say Emily, AKA Jack, once the Glamoquin thing happened, it just seemed pretty obvious. Although thinking about this second, uh, you know, I, I think that may be silly because we have such specific gender, you know, a gender uh, reality or, stereotypes that we all think there's women that don't know how to do makeup so you know but her photos Emily's photos and that it just seemed like it didn't it didn't coalesce Mm -hmm. I I really thought Trevor was probably a a catfish I I had inklings of that several times but the one that fooled me was Lance I was so sure Lance (laughs) was not a catfish because and I tell you the reason Dylan is because I when when that picture popped up I thought okay first of all Lance Bass is a reality fan. I know that. And this is a shorter time span span, and we're in COVID. So maybe he has the time to do it. Nobody can use his image without his uh, approval. I just didn't think, A, it could be somebody that knew him. So I was like, I was certain it was him. But there were clues I should have been picking up on like I'm going to uh, help fund an NSYNC tour. I mean, he would never say that, you know, but I was so into uh, it was him that, you know, I believed everything.
0: Have you met Lance Bass after the show? I
1: have, I have. Lisa, Lisa actually, she made me meet him virtually. She, she started a podcast herself called LOL Lisa or with laugh with Lisa or something. And, uh, she was like talking to me, building it up. Oh, you're, you're really a fan of Lance Bass. And yeah, I am. And what are you going to do when you finally meet him? I'm going to be a puddle. And she just kept, kept fishing. And then all of a sudden his head came in the screen and said, Hey Lee. And I was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) it was so mean of her, but wonderful. And then, um, my husband and I flew out there and we met, uh him in california about a week and a half ago i guess or two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and uh, he was fantastic and his husband was great yeah
0: sounds good how do you think he would do on the show
1: you know i think he would do pretty good because he is pretty big fan of reality tv i know he likes big brother and and things like that he would probably do pretty well i don't i don't think he should go in as himself (laughs) but i think i would catfish for sure but (laughs) He would probably do pretty well, yeah. But, you know, uh, after being in there, I realized some of this is is you can be a really good player and some of it's luck and some of it's all kinds of things. So how far you go is just – you just got to drive as hard as you can and hope hope for the
0: best. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the way the game is set up because there's been some fans that aren't a big fan of how some people come in late and that that they think they're at a disadvantage – Um, two that come to my mind were Kat and Mitchell, who were doing well, but still didn't have the connections from the beginning. Obviously Kat messed up and talked to you and Courtney about about the whole situation. Um, but if you could just talk about, do you think it's a disadvantage for those players that come in late? Because the final five, four of you guys were from the beginning and John only was available for one blocking ceremony. So if you could just talk about how those dynamics work and the relationships you guys have from the beginning.
1: Yeah, I, um... I don't know, you know, as far as game dynamics, I, I think actually Kat and Mitchell both had a chance. Um, I think Mitchell aligning with Trevor and trying to break up Courtney and I was ac- actually brilliant. Um, but they they thought they had Chloe in their corner and they didn't. Um, and, and Chloe was kind of pivotal to Kat also getting messed up. If, she, if we hadn't been so aligned with Chloe then Kat would have been fine. I, I was actually thinking about bringing Kat into the Alliance because I, I felt very connected to her. She was from D- uh, Dallas area and uh, I, I really liked her. But um, yeah, I, I think if you come in late, you have got to be playing your A game from the get-go. And I think the, the big issue that they had that I would have played different if I'd been them is they were focused on each other and they shouldn't have been, fo- because they both were coming in late. They should have immediately, I mean, yeah, you're great and and have a little quick talk. Hey, I got your back and then try to find a way in to somebody else and not really try. I I think both of them were looking at bringing somebody down. And what they really should have done is gone to other people, said, who, who are you trusting? Who do you, you know, lots of questions. That's how I would have played it a little differently. I don't know if it would have worked, but yeah. um coming in late you've got to play different you it's it is a different game than coming in right from the get-go mm-hmm. I think because things are established but I think when they came in there was there was sort of this divide in the in the house and they could have capitalized on it which I think Mitchell tried and so did Kat but I think they tried a little too hard they came in too hard. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you find out when you block Mitchell that he's related to Ed and Tammy from the previous season. Did you or any of your castmates have any beliefs or thoughts about that before you found out or was that a complete surprise to you when he told you that?
1: It was an absolute and utter surprise because if he had, if I had had that inkling, I probably would have gone to Mitchell because I'm thinking, okay, he's got some inside scoop. His family's been in here. I'm going to pull him in as tight as I can. I would have been probably a lot more aggressive to get him um but and i was a fan of tammy and ed i think they, i think they're fun yeah uh but i don't know if the other cat. you know i haven't asked anybody if they they suspected it i really don't know if they did i know when i said it at our dinner the finalist dinner none of them knew mm-hmm.
0: um so i don't know if the rest of them did or not
1: yeah
0: um so we found out with the after shows that mitchell and chloe are trying to make their relationship work um which I'm happy for, but it honestly did surprise me just because they do live in two completely different parts of the world. But I think, I think they're a good couple together. I just want to know, do you think they're going to make it work? And what are your thoughts on them actually? Like we're having a circle relationship.
1: I'm very hopeful because I, I adore both of them and I think they do fit. They're both 22. They both have great energy and yet there's differences that they can both you know, I mean, Mitchell's a virgin. So, you know, that's something that they got to work through. But yeah, I think they're very, they talk every day. And Chloe's talked to his mom and uh, she's coming to Los Angeles and he's constantly saying, you're moving to California, you're moving to California. So, uh, you know what, it could happen. And I'm, I got my fingers crossed and saying
0: Mm -hmm. a prayer that it does, because I think they're amazing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I want to talk about one final decision you had as the secret super influencer where you blocked Mitchell, and I don't know if this was actually how it was, but the edit made it look like you were thinking about blocking, I believe it was Chloe, Um, and Chloe ended up in second. I want to know how serious were you considering blocking another player, and do you think that was your mistake in the game that could have won you the money if you would have blocked Trevor slash Delisa, Chloe, Courtney, or somebody else that you were closer with but ended up higher than you in the rankings?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good question. You're, you're killing me with the good question. Um, yeah, uh, that, that edit was very, I, I thought about it for, I probably was talking out loud for an hour or more about my decision because I, I wanted to make the right decision and I, I I thought about a uh, Trevor was probably Chloe was not really ever on my radar. I mean, I, I, that was an offhanded uh, comment because it's like, okay, Chloe, cause she, she's so well loved. but I really was loyal to Chloe and Courtney. Uh, but I did think about if I, if I blocked Chloe, how would that make the things mix up and everything? Cause people would probably blame at that point, Mitchell, being in there I would think they would blame him but Mitchell was going to rate me low anyway I thought about uh, Trevor slash Delisa but I knew that then Chloe would think it was either Courtney or I and then she we our ratings were, were getting tanked uh, the truth is Dylan going in there I thought I was super secret influencer so I was at the top and these people are so strategic they're not going to give it to me because whoever that that one was Hey, th- this person's going to save me. The next one is for a hundred thousand dollars at the finale. So I really at that point, I was like, i can't win it I, I that's what I really felt, and so then I just said i'm going for heart, and so that's what I did. you know and and I was playing a little bit strategy because I knew Mitchell would tank me. I knew I would be last. So I thought, you know, of all of these, this is the best one. John, I figured would rate me high. Which I don't think he did. <laughs> Jack and Lisa were strategic. Courtney rated rated me third. You know, this is my ride or die super alliance guy, and I think it's brilliant that he did that. So um, yeah, and I think Chloe probably put me in second, maybe third. So yeah, I I uh, I did my best. <laughs> that end game when whoever goes in for next season's that end game is that is a hard, cause you're, you want to make sure you make it to the finale, mm-hmm. but then you want to be kind of in the middle and just, and liked by everybody, but not feel like a threat. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of playing two games as you approach that. And I was so focused on the finale that I, I lost track of the other part.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about the finale, you guys finally get to dinner together. You all meet up. Um, if you just talk about like what that was experience that experience was like, um, finally talking to people was there like awkwardness shyness was it a big family um you just talk about that whole dinner experience um
1: yeah uh uh, two of the real people were Courtney and Chloe and the rest of us were all catfish. So that was so. I mean, because Delisa was playing oh, Trevor, yeah. I was playing River, and John was being played by Jack and and uh, Lisa. So that was fascinating, you know. I mean, and I was very, I I was very anxious because I didn't know. I really thought I could be the only catfish walking in here. So my heart was racing as I was walking to the to the dinner. I thought, okay, what are they going to think? You know, here I am, this old guy. Playing a twenty-four-year-old, uh, but honestly, everybody was so warm. We we had gone through this very shared experience, and we get to meet each other for the very first time in person, and uh, it felt fantastic for me. And I thought Delisa looked beautiful. I thought I loved what uh, Jack and and Lisa did with John because I felt I wanted John to be real so bad. I liked him so
0: much. Psychic Santa. I mean, it's just the best. Um, so talking about the finale um, you guys all we find out who wins was it that day or the next day and we find out Delisa wins um, at least Courtney was second Chloe was second, Courtney was third you were fourth and John was fifth um, so going into that who did you think was going to win was, it, was the results how you expected, was there a surprise um, personally I really thought Chloe was going to win the whole season um, I'm happy Delisa won, I just was expecting Chloe. So if you could just talk about your experience from playing in the game.
1: Um, I thought it would either be Courtney or Chloe going into that dinner. I really did. I thought the Kardashians we had played well and I didn't think it was going to be me, but I did think it was going to be one of them. Um, I get why it was Delisa. It makes complete sense. You know, now that I've watched the whole episodes because everybody in there minus me voted strategically, I think, well, Chloe may have not voted. She may have voted with her heart too. I'm not sure, but, um, the, the majority of them were voting strategically. And so it just made com- complete sense. And, and Elisa played masterfully. She was incredible. She stayed, you know, kind of in the middle all the time. She had Chloe as, as really in tight. And then she had, she also had Courtney in pretty tight for Trevor. And, you know, I never could, I knew, uh, from day one, I don't know if they showed this or not, I can't remember, but I knew the one to beat was Trevor. I knew it. I, I said, this is, I voted Trevor in my number one in my first ranking because I, and then as I saw things happening, I thought, this is the guy to beat. He's going to, he, he's so lovable. He has a single dad and, and the whole story she had created. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it makes sense. Who won?
0: Absolutely. Um, So I want to talk about watching the show back obviously you experienced this crazy experience flying to England uh, filming a reality show um, making it to the final but then a few months later you get to watch the whole thing back with fans on Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth. So what was that experience like and then what was the fan reaction to you? Um, It was amazing. I, I got, you know, it
1: was 2 a.m. where, where I live that it was released and I would get up at 2 a.m. <laughs> to watch it because I was like, I couldn't wait, I couldn't wait. Uh, it was great. I, I was so pleased with how Studio Lambert and Netflix put this show together. I think they, I, I love the show. I'm proud to be part of it, part of this amazing cast. So that was very exciting. And then the response with, uh, you know, fans that I, I didn't have before has been, you know, overwhelming i've had almost i think it's i think i'm up to like 25 young people that have come out to their parents after watching the show so you know and and people telling me they're wanting to come out and and uh, young gay couples saying hey i didn't realize i could have a future i thank you for being on there so so it's it's been incredible absolutely yeah. incredible very
0: rewarding it sounds um yeah. okay so i want to go into just a couple wrap-up questions really quick. Um, so I have some fan questions and viewer questions that some people send it that they want to ask you, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Um, so the first one is, if you had to play with a duo, Jack and Lisa, who would you have wanted to be in your room with you? It could be from season two or season one.
1: If, uh, well, honestly, I, huh, wow, that's great. Because I... Yeah.